Today's episode of Locked on Raptors is brought to you by CBDMD. Whether you're a pro athlete, an exhausted parent, or you spend all day in an office chair like I do, CBDMD wants to give you the support you need to make it through the day. CBD Freeze and Recover are an outstanding duo of topical products with specialized formulas to provide targeted relief where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try, Freeze, Recover, and every other CBDMD product, you can now take 25% off your next order when you use the promo code Locked on NBA. That is a big percentage. Once again, Again, that's cbdmd.com, promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 884 of Lockdown Raptors for Friday, uh, February the 12th. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Time is fake. Uh, I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Lockdown Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And, of course, please make sure you're checking out the entirety of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We've got team-focused shows covering all 30 NBA teams, all your MLB, NHL, NFL teams, college teams, national shows, you name it, we got it. So please go subscribe to, rate, review, support the shows we got cooking at the network. It's very, very appreciated. All right. On today's show, we are breaking down a Toronto Raptors 120-106 to loss to the Boston Celtics on Thursday night at the Boston Garden to end a six-game road trip for the Raptors. They fall to 4-2 and two on the trip, 12-14 and 14 on the season. The dreams of being in the fourth seed at the end of tonight uh, are gone away as we record just after the buzzer. And joining me to talk about our big takeaways from this game and sort of take a larger scale look at the road trip itself is uh, one of the very very best people i would say royalty on raptors twitter and one of the hosts of the dishes and dimes podcast uh doing the morning tip off i believe on uh, basketball news as well it is iman iman how are you I'm good. Wow. Thank you for that introduction. I don't know about all of those things, but thank you. <laughs> Just accept the titles and move on. All right. Uh, <laughs> but we, you, you're doing awesome stuff, and I'm very glad that you're punching down and joining the podcast. It's, it's great to have you. Um, so let's dive into our big takeaways from this one. I think there's a lot of different things to kind of pull from here. But Iman, what was your number one takeaway from the Raptors' loss to Boston on Thursday night? Oof. Um, one, the Raptors need a big man. I just from the jump right away, I was just like, they cannot grab a defensive board. The Celtics just had so many second chance opportunities, sometimes third chances um, at the basket. And you're just going to be bleeding points when that doesn't happen. Three point shooting mm-hmm. can disappear at times like we saw tonight. But if you're also just bleeding po- uh, bleeding possessions because you can't secure a rebound, you're going to be in for a long night like the Raptors had tonight. 
Yeah, 14 offensive rebounds for the Celtics in this one. Uh, there was a point in the third quarter where the Raptors had 13 total rebounds in the game. Uh, they <laughs> thankfully amped it up a little bit to finish with 32. And look, part of that is giving up offensive boards. Part of that is that Peyton Pritchard and Semi Ojale hit every single three in the first half, and there were no rebounds to collect. But still, that's a problem as well that we'll address on the show. And also, I think that problem kind of stems from the center issue as well, right? I, I think, you know, Aaron Baines has to leave this game like two minutes in because he looks like he's dead. Uh, he came back and closed. We'll get to him closing, which I kind of think was, oddly enough, the right call, even though it was ugly as hell and he kind of cost the Raptors the game. Um, but I thought it was the right call because Chris Boucher, as much as his 12 points were nice, as much as his five blocks were nice, he doesn't have the juice to kind of hang in the Raptors' ideal defensive scheme just doesn't really seem to understand the rotations and all the responsibility that is kind of heaped upon all these players having to step up to the next spot and as a result you know often the guy he was sort of tasked with you know getting out to in the corner was Peyton Pritchard and Peyton Pritchard was canning it and I think part of it's by design you know I think more so Ojale than Pritchard the Raptors were happy to let those guys take those threes as opposed to letting Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown go off and credit to them they did the thing where they stopped the stars where Tatum was just 5 of 13 uh, Brown was 3 of 14 uh, both you know had 9 and 10 assists each but they both look frustrated particularly Brown in this one Brown had 5 turnovers to go with his 10 assists um, but just the way that the Raptors centers need to play in the system the way that Marcus Gasol for example used to play you just you need to have a steady sort of sound intelligent back line who kind of knows where the next step is going to be and Boucher is not that and you could like like literally see Kyle Lowry getting angry at Chris Boucher throughout the game just for his rotations that he was missing as Ojale and Peyton Pritchard were canning those threes and so I didn't think it was wise to go to Boucher to close even though they did for a couple minutes after Baines missed a few bunnies um, but honestly, with all of that said, Iman, my biggest takeaway from this game is that they probably win this game maybe easily if OG Ananobi is available. And it was obviously uh, just before the game that he was ruled out. Seems like he's going to be back on Sunday, which is great to hear. But had they had him available for this game, they would have had, I think, the horses to play the defense you want to play against Boston, sort of concede the things you want to concede while still contesting the way that they like to contest in the corners. And then you also wouldn't have had to rely on Aaron Baines finishing plays in the fourth quarter. You could have relied on OG Ananobi, who's excellent on the roll, um, or Pascal Siakam, you know, screening and rolling. It just it would have, I think, looked a lot better considering how well the small lineup looked in the postseason against Boston. It's a shame they couldn't go back to it. Do you agree with me, Iman, that the Raptors win this game if OG Ananobi is available? Um, I do. I, I think the Raptors win this game if like a few different things just break their way. If they mm -hmm. didn't have one of their worst three-point shooting nights of of the year if Semi yeah. didn't hit six threes um tonight or just like there's so many things that just felt like it was if they could have made a single bunny in the third quarter you know what I mean like yeah. they were they were just the Raptors were never really fully out of this game until the final minutes um and so yeah I definitely think having OG Ananobi there just like having a couple of threes go down, just like being Norman Powell being able to finish. Um, all those different things would have just could have turned the, the tides of this game. It was right there for yeah. the It was just tired legs, I felt, second night of a back-to-back. Um, and this, this definitely did feel like a trap game coming in with, with all, you know, everyone kind of riding a high from the games before. <laughs> 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the I, I didn't even realize until it was talked about uh, just like mm-hmm. online during the game that this game was supposed to happen tomorrow night and it got moved on the schedule because the Celtics got COVID earlier in the year or had a bunch of games missed and so they had to move around the schedule creating this back-to-back that shouldn't have existed and creating that five games and seven nights uh, run the Raptors have been on. And you could absolutely see that late too. They just looked absolutely gassed. Uh, gassed. You know, yeah. maybe that plays into Aaron Baines getting blocked a couple times, or maybe he's just bad. I don't know. Probably played in a Norm Powell getting blocked a couple times late. He just didn't seem to have the burst he typically would have to kind of finish those plays strongly. Um, and you could see with like four minutes left, they're like, "Get us the hell out of here, man! We're just cooked." Especially since they were chasing the game basically all night long. Um, there were some positives from this one, though, Iman, that I want to kind of dive into and sort of things that I think matter a lot more than the result in this game, especially if, you know, a 4-5 series is in the potential future for these two teams. I think in particular, Pascal Siakam was very encouraging against Boston tonight. So we're going to dive into that and sort of his excellent performance in uh, really refreshing after what he did, what happened to him against Boston in the playoffs. We'll get to that in one sec. But first, I want to tell everybody about our friends over at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of the sports action you want in on. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV. You can even bet on like Croatian basketball and like Finnish hockey if you're really really that into it you absolutely can do that you get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine bet online has you covered for all the news scores and odds it's the best way to place your bets and it is free to sign up as well just head to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code locked on at betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts all right, Iman, uh, just a heads up, this uh, is the last episode of the week. We'll have on Monday a breakdown of the Timberwolves game and uh, got some fun stuff cooking for next week as well, so keep an eye out there. Uh, but let's dive in here, Iman, to Pascal Siakam, who in this game, 23 points, 8 of 14 from the field, uh, four boards, two assists, uh, two of four from downtown. He's hitting his threes again, third straight game. He's knocking them down. Nice to see. Um a far cry from what we saw from Pascal in the bubble against the Celtics, where he was forcing it seemingly every possession, just really, really trying to score on Jalen Brown when he was certainly not going to be able to score on Jalen Brown, uh, and really took it to a variety of defenders that the Celtics threw on him in this game, from Grant Williams to uh, Sammy Ojale to Jalen Brown, kind of all over the place, and he really, I thought, did a good job kind of adapting and adjusting the way he attacked to each of those guys. It was really encouraging to see him kind of come up with those counters. What were your overall impressions of Pascal's game tonight, Amon? I think you summed it up really, really well. It was it was so much fun to watch Pascal Siakam because you got to see just how many different facets he has to his game, um, whether he's going up against a guy who's quicker and just being able to beat him and get to the rim that way, whether he's going up a guy against a guy who's backing – trying to back down a guy in the post who's a little bit stronger and him showing his strength and and just like his poise in those moments you really just got to see a, a wide range of things I thought from Pascal Siakam the way that he was able to score even hitting a couple of catch and shoot threes there as well in the corner so it was just a lot of fun it was really refreshing because I think part of a lot of the optimism with Pascal Siakam early on was just how quickly he learned and grew and just seeing different facets of his game just like unlock itself each and every mm-hmm. single time you played, uh, or he played, I should say. 
And tonight you kind of got that as the game went along where he was attacking different defenders in different ways. And it was just really fun to watch Pascal be that confident with the ball, get to the line as much as he did and um, really just get a basket whenever the Raptors needed him to. Yeah. And I think the thing too, like you look at the 23 points and it's nice. It's not overwhelming or anything like that, but I am actually encouraged by the fact that he only took 14 shots in this game because you know, it would have been nice to see a little bit more, especially down the stretch, but I think the Celtics were certainly very keen on stopping him, less so in the fourth quarter as they kind of gave him single coverage, but they were throwing doubles at him quite a bit in the first half and just kind of having a second guy shading over, and he was A, doing a really good job of kind of duping the guy who was thinking about shading down and maybe digging down to try for a steal into thinking he was going to maybe pass out or make his move when he wasn't going to make his move. Um, you know, a couple times he got Kemba Walker that way where he just kind of timed it perfectly and right at the beat where Walker stepped away, Pascal would start his move to the basket. And I thought that was really nice to see. Um, but I also am glad that he didn't force it over and over again, right? Like there were a lot of times in the postseason last year where it's like, why is he eight of 22? Why does he keep doing this? Like he is clearly not working. Now. Yeah, he just showed yeah. a lot of points tonight. He knew when to totally. attack, and and it was just it was it was very refreshing. I think that that's another step in his game that was really really nice. He showed a confidence and poise that we just did not see in the playoffs. Yeah, and another part of his game that I like to uh, defensively, I thought he did a good job. There were a lot of blow buys in this one, and I'm not sure if that was by design. I can't imagine it really was. Um, I thought Benbury got blown by a few times. Fred even got blown by a few times. Um, but I thought Pascal, as sort of the last line of defense at the rim, kind of in concert with Boucher a lot, uh, did a really good job, particularly with Jalen Brown. Uh, you know, Pascal only two fouls in this game. He met Brown at the rim a ton and forced a lot of misses there. So good job uh, on Pascal for that as well. Um, any other notes from this game in particular, Amon, that stood out to you from um, maybe yeah. a performance that was intriguing or good or bad, or what do you got? Fred Van Vliet's game, I found to be really confusing. He didn't have it. <laughs> he didn't have it offensively, but he did finish with 11 assists, which was really nice. Um, seeing mm-hmm. Fred Van Vliet have more assists than he had field goal attempts is always <laughs> is what you want when, when he's not, when he's not shooting well. So just to see him just talking about the poise that we saw from Pascal Siakam, just the growth in his game, knowing when it was time for him to attack and, you know, not forcing it when he didn't have it. I also, like, I, I thought Fred tried to force the issue a little bit, but he was also just finding guys a lot, which was really nice. Um, and I, I was just like, cause I was frustrated by his game and I was just looking at the numbers and then just like, remembering certain possessions i was like okay you know what this isn't a game that we're really going to remember from fred but also i appreciate the fact that he had more assists tonight the field goal attempts because that's what you want from him <laughs> when his shot isn't falling yeah absolutely i i thought fred yeah he he didn't like pop and, and i think obviously some extra shot making from him probably makes this a very different game um you know, obviously, like that's kind of a dumb, reductive statement, but like <laughs> it felt like they really, really needed some extra offensive juice out of somebody tonight, whether it was uh, a little bit more from Norm or from Fred. But I did think Fred probably could have had like 15 assists in this game. There were a lot of times where he was kind of being overly unselfish, where it looked like he might have had a layup, but instead of trying to finish over Tice, who was blocking everything, he just kind of, all right, there's Norm Powell completely wide open, and then Norm would just... I appreciated that so much. It was great. But you know what? Norm Norm couldn't capitalize on that. Really, no one could shoot from outside, and I think that's just tired legs. That's going to happen. That's... When the Raptors offense is so dependent on a three-point shot, you're going to get games like this. Yeah. And and I mean, 
I think also credit to them, they didn't like force the threes unnecessarily. They only took 28 in this game, which is <laughs> well below where they typically would come in. Uh, and they did a great job of attacking the paint. And, yeah. you know, that's often been the biggest concern, right, is can the Raptors actually finish at the rim? We know they can shoot threes. Can they finish at the rim? And Kyle did damn well. Pascal did. You know, most of his damage came mm-hmm. on post-ups. Uh, you had Boucher finishing around the rim as well. well Aaron Baines. Aaron <laughs> Baines not finishing around the rim, but Aaron Baines doesn't finish anything, apparently. Um, <laughs> they, anyway. <laughs> they were just and, – and that's kind of – that's what you want to see against a team like the Celtics um, as well you know Mm -hmm. yeah um so that feels like a pretty good summation of this game as a whole amon in the final segment i want to just kind of dive into the road trip as a whole and kind of get your thoughts on how things went for the raptors how do you feel based on where they were six games ago to how you how you're feeling now um with the return of og looming with the potential of a trade kind of getting closer and closer as the deadline to be able to move players gets gets nearer uh we'll get into that in just a sec but first i want to tell everybody about our friends over at built bar the raptors could have used the built bar and maybe in the third quarter tonight to kind of power them through the fourth quarter it really would have been nice but alas they did not get that either way the built bar is a uh, wonderful uh, way for you to kind of feel like you're cheating but you're actually not because it's both tasty and not bad for you even a little bit while also giving you that protein you need to get through the day or a workout whatever it might be they have 18 incredible flavors as well as some new Valentine's themed flavors that are coming out, including one that I got in the mail yesterday. It is coconut chocolate brownie chunk. It is freaking ridiculously good. It does not feel at all like it's healthy, but it actually is. It's only got like 150 calories, which is pretty wild. Some of their other flavors that I have talked about before, lemon almond cheesecake is amazing. You've got mint brownie, toffee almond, orange is really good, and they're all covered in 100% dark chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and they're great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for keto diets as well. Like I said, the the flavor profiles, you're not getting like a bunch of calories or anything like in these either. You got Cherry Barcia, for example, another great flavor, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and four grams of net carbs. And a little little secret for you, I like to put mine in the fridge. They uh, are really nice just out of the fridge. So go to BuiltBar.com right now, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and get 20% off of your next order. That is the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, Iman, let's wrap this thing up. Just a reminder, everybody, that uh, Locked On Leafs is running strong over on the NHL channel, and our friend Mike DiStefano is doing a wonderful job covering the Leafs over there as they are off to a ridiculous start to the season, just laying waste to the pathetic Canadian division as the very clear superior team in the North. So go and listen to Mike break it all down over on Locked On Leafs. All right, Amon, so wrapping up, kind of taking a look at the road trip as a whole. The Raptors go 4-2. and two. They get very close to crawling back to 500 tonight. You'd figure they'll get there at some point soon here, although the schedule does get a little bit tougher. Um, but I'm just kind of curious, based on where they were when things started, they were 8-12 and 12 after the, uh, the the 20 game mark and, and entering this whole, this road trip. They played quite well. They've climbed up the offensive leaderboard. They are in the top 10 in net rating. They're looking pretty good. How have your sort of feelings on the team changed at all? Have they changed at all over the last six games here on the road trip? Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm nothing. It's not reactionary. Um, so, <laughs> so they definitely have changed. Um, well, I think my favorite thing about what happened on that road trip, outside of the, the red game where he just went crazy and dropped 54, there was 
three or more guys that had at least 20 points and some nights Mm -hmm. it was three guys that had 30 points and um that just egalitarian style of offense is really great in the regular season um it becomes sure an issue in the playoffs but that will be an issue that the Raptors will have to face when when that time comes but in the regular season it's it's really great you never know who's going to be the guy I also just think the the growth from Norman Powell like I'm fully on board the Norman Powell needs to start training I don't care how you do it um but I I just just watching him step into that starting spot has been really really fun seeing the Siakam just take another step and look like he's having fun playing basketball basketball out there and it looking easy for him. <laughs> um, unlike just the bubble where everything he did just looked so difficult, um, which is a lot of fun. The Raptors looked like they were having fun playing again. They were getting out in transition, which is something they didn't do at the start of the season, which was very, very strange and weird. Um, they're making an insane amount of threes. Um, that's probably going to come back down to, to earth. But for right now, things are kind of flying high in this Boston game. Just feels like, you know, a scheduled loss. And um, the road trip has me feeling optimistic. I'm reactionary. Um, hit me up after that back-to-back <laughs> Milwaukee game, and we'll see how I feel. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to slander Chris Middleton in a week's time. It's going to be wonderful. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I am also feeling, I mean, look, I'm Captain Optimism all the time. I was, I'll say, getting uh, pretty dicey when things were not going so hot a few weeks back, but I'm very much back in on... this team and what it can do and the fact that it's already up to sixth in the Eastern Conference and flirting with fifth and fourth over the last couple days you know there's plenty of runway here for them to rattle off some wins and climb up the standings I you know the biggest thing like you said I think is Pascal like that changes the ceiling it changes the entire complexion of the team because if he is going to play the way he did last year and I think what we've seen from him recently is basically what he was last year except maybe a little bit more poised and like a little bit more adept at playmaking like he's outside of like a couple weeks of last season where he was kind of bombing away I think in that time where Kyle was hurt early on this is I think the best basketball we've seen from Pascal Siakam as a number one and he looks super comfortable he looks super happy which is obviously a really big thing after he kind of had his joy sapped uh, in the bubble and if that's the case, then the entire sort of hierarchy of the team falls into place. You're not asking Kyle Lowry at 34, 35 to carry an insane load and score, you know, 25 for you every night to just make sure you have enough juice. You're not asking Fred Van Vliet to be your number one scorer, which as noble as it's been, I don't think he should be the number one scorer on a team that has really high ambitions. And Pascal, just the way he can kind of score in a variety of ways at this point, you know, that's exactly what you want from your number one guy. Is he ever going to be like a top 10 superstar carrier team type dude? Probably not. But I think he's very clearly back to being absolutely a max player and as good as we've seen him outside of a little stretch in, in last season's, you know, early part of the year. He, he just looks outstanding. And I'm so happy for him because things looked really dark there for a while. It's probably going to be too late for him to, you know, rally and get like an all-star spot or something like that. But that doesn't really matter. It's a fake all-star game anyway. Who cares? He looks like he's really on track to close the season strong and, you know, close the season. There's still 50-something games. It just feels like there's no time left because everything's so accelerated. But it just, he, um, I'm feeling really good about Pascal. And because of that, I feel damn good about the team. I mean, this is the road trip that inspired me to tweet the Raptors are going to finish with the three seed. Um, So yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. (laughs) And I don't think that's by any means out of the question considering 
how everyone's kind of at zero, right? Like everyone's yeah. at 500 ish or barely above the bucks and Sixers are pulling away a little bit, but that's fine. The, the nets can't defend anybody and are probably going to coast their way through the year. And if you want to talk me into the Raptors being the fourth best team in the East, I think you can absolutely do that. Even after tonight where they lose that, to Boston, it, you know, it's not crazy that I pulled out. Um, yeah. none, of, none of the ladies are dishes and dimes. Believe me. I was looking at, so our, our last live show was January 20th, so I just wanted to see what the Raptors' net rating was from 21st through to today, not including tonight's game. And it was the fourth best in the league, not just the Eastern there you Conference, go. the league. It was just behind yeah. Utah, Milwaukee, and the Clippers. So, yeah, the Raptors are have been playing great basketball right now. Yeah, and I'd be curious to see what the numbers are since, like, the 2-8 and eight start even, um, which, I mean, was that when they were, was that around no, the time no, of the January the, 20th? Yeah. This would have January twenty. Oh, maybe actually, right, maybe. time. Maybe. Who knows when or what this happened ever? Fake, you guys. <laughs> that's, that's the takeaway from tonight's game. This season's fake. yeah, totally. Uh, the last fifteen <laughs> games. Uh, let's put it that way. They are. Uh, uh, what do we got here? Number seven. So yeah, even then, they like dropped, stretching even further back. Tonight. They're and they yeah. they dropped tonight. If you're including yeah. tonight's game, it's taking them back a little bit. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, either way, uh, you know, I, I guess this is the podcast you come to if you want positive vibes after a loss. Uh, but, you know, it's hard to be too upset after a game where they were very much in it, had a shot at it, missed some bunnies, and if they had their fourth best player, probably have the juice to win, especially with that small lineup that just cooked the Celtics, especially on defense in the playoffs last year. I feel like uh, things might have gone a little bit differently, but that's okay. Uh, all right, Amon. I think we're kind of done here. Do you have anything uh, that you want to promote? Any parting shots about this game or the Raptors or, or you know how much you hate Peyton Pritchard? All fair game. I, I, I do, I do hate that entire team. I was just like, if people are worried about this game, don't be. Like the Raptors are never going to shoot as poorly as they did in a playoff series, and you're never going to get Shemi Ojale going for six threes and Peyton Pritchard hitting everything. Ah, uh, he might. But besides that, yeah. <laughs> this game is an outlier. Toss it aside. It's fine. Um, but check out the morning tip-off, 8 a.m., Monday through Friday, um, on basketball on all basketball news platforms. And then, of course, check out Dishes and Dimes. Well. Amazing. You're doing awesome work, Amon, and we're glad Thank to see you. you taking over. It's uh, it's very, very good for everybody. Um, and yeah, on the Peyton Pritchard note, I've resigned myself to the fact that I'm going to hate that dude until 2032, and uh, there's like just the nothing anyone can do about it. I'll say, he looks like a great piece of emoji. His <laughs> mouth is always parted open, and you can see every single tooth in there. Yeah, I, I at various times tonight called him Caillou, Randall from Recess, and uh, also I'll probably have a Tommy Pickles from Rugrats tweet at the, out at some point. Uh, maybe an amalgamation of all. I also, I, I was looking through other annoying television characters. Uh, one of the mice from Max and Ruby also kind of piqued my interest a little bit. Um, <laughs> there's just a lot of uh, ugly, annoying cartoon characters that Peyton Pritchard uh, invokes in, in the mind, so... Uh, congrats to Boston on getting a dude that is so Boston it hurts 
It's a, it's almost a bit, honestly. <laughs> but <laughs> we can uh, we can leave it there for now. Uh, good stuff, Amon. It was lovely having you on. You can find me at Woodley Sean. Subscribe to rate review this podcast wherever you get your podcast. It's always very much appreciated when you take the time to do that. Uh, and uh, go listen to uh, basketball with myself and Katie Heindel as well. Thursday's episode, I think, is the best episode we've ever done. We had Alan Shane Lewis, who is one of the hosts of the Great Canadian Baking Show, which uh, the new season starts on Sunday. Uh, Alan came on. We had a lot of fun. We talked about some sad NBA topics, you know, stuff that's a bummer. But then we also got into King Cake Baby and what NBA players would do if they were contestants on the Great Canadian Baking Show. It was a ton of fun. Please go and listen to that on all your favorite podcast platforms as well. And that'll do it. That wraps up another week. We'll talk to you again on Monday after the Wolves game with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Happy Valentine's Day. Is that the day that's coming up? Happy Family Day. It's holiday time. Woohoo! Uh, see you, everyone. Have a good one.